0: You know what the most dangerous thing in America is, right? Nigga with a library card. (laughs) This is the Most Dangerous Thing in America podcast, a show in which we read books by black authors, and they're talked about by a black author, and you can listen if you are black or not black. That's okay. This week on the podcast, an indie. So, I said last week I wanted to find some indies. I found two indies. I'm going to do one this week and one in two or three weeks. This week, we are doing Quint, Q-U-I-N-T, by Dion Irving. Remember that name. Well, for multiple reasons, but just just remember the name. And then uh, this was published by 7.13 Books, or 7.13 Books, out of Brooklyn in 2021, So, yeah, that's what we're doing today, Quint, Quint, as in quintuplets, which brings us to the summary, and here's what we're going to do, here's the docket for today's episode, the summary, then what I liked about the book, then what I didn't like, and then some announcements, and that's going to be it. Alright, so basically what we have here is a couple living in French, uh, living in Quebec, they're a French couple, And they live in a rural part of Quebec, Timiskaming, I I apologize if I'm messing up the names, August and Catherine Feline. And they get pregnant after a couple of difficulties, and she gives birth to five, well six girls, one of them passes. Uh, So five girls, so quintuplets. And shortly thereafter, the quintuplets are seized by the state. We'll get into why, you know, that'll just come up as we talk. They're seized by the state. And basically turn into like a, a, an attraction. They get their own theme park called Quintland. They become the spirit that helps Canada win the war during World War II. This all takes place in World War II. And yeah, and then the novel is told through a series of um, different uh, short chapters that are told from a different perspective. Each chapter is either this character or the town itself of Timis Gaming or archival material or the mother or the father or one of the the girls as we follow them from birth to adulthood so that's the summary of the novel and then what it's based on so i was i was hanging out with my friend last week we're having a beer friday night and he's canadian i was saying to him yeah i'm reading this novel about those famous canadian quintuplets and he said oh the dion quintuplets and i said no 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 no. you got it all wrong my man you got it all wrong it's the phalene's and then later i looked it up and it was the dion quintuplets and then i still just didn't really think about that at all you know and then i was preparing to do this podcast and still nothing had clicked in my head don't know if it's clicked in yours yet and then finally i was going for a walk literally 25 minutes ago before doing this podcast and i was almost i was almost ready to climb the stairs to my apartment and uh I was like, "Oh right, the author's name is Dion, and the quintuplets' name is Dion." I, I, it's just a funny coincidence. I have no idea. Well, I don't know if it's coincidence. Maybe growing up in Canada, she was like, "Oh my goodness, like uh, this famous group of quintuplets. I share a name with them, and one day I'll write a book about them." I don't know if that's what happened, but the book has been written, so there you go. And yeah, all right. So there you go, little fun fact. Uh, what did I like about the novel? Well, first of all, I love the structure. I like a lot of um, novels that have a unconventional structure like that. And so, yeah, like I said, this one is we get mostly one narrator telling the story from different perspectives. So like the mother, the father, like I said, Timus gaming, um, that one might be the first person. Actually, we get archival stuff. We get Anthony Riss uh, Osborne, who's the, the guardian appointed by the state. We get a character named Elsa, who I won't get into what she's about. And we get the dead sister as well. And that's cool. Uh, she might be. The, she's the other one that's in first person. So yeah, the, the structure is really cool. I like that. It helps the novel move along quickly. And then the second thing I like is the body horror and grotesque aspects of the novel. So this ki- this gets kicked off pretty early in the novel because basically, you know, within the first few pages, Catherine is pregnant, and suddenly her body just transforms. And I actually looked up the the real deon quintuplets to like make sure that this is where the novel diverges from like the actual historical record because it's so you know absurd in the novel that i was hoping like all right good this is a this is the imagination right one because like i wanted to credit um the writer with that invention and two because i really hope that nobody has a pregnancy like this it's, this is just awful but so irving writes a. Uh, by the time she was six months pregnant, she couldn't so much as walk. Her ankles exploded overnight, it seemed, blooming like angry red grapefruits atop her feet and making it impossible for her to stand. Her hair came out in handfuls, so she stopped brushing it, resorting to patting it into place to make it look in dim light presentable. Uh, the word I used when writing about this was a uh, Cronenbergian. Kronen, uh, uh, after her birth, it's no better. So, you know, after after her birth. After she gives birth, it's not any better. So she's given birth. The kids come out. That's also, like, very grotesque. I mean, this part is actually based on fact. They're, like, put in wicker baskets, sat in front of a stove because it's rural Canada. They're covered in olive oil and then fed, like, corn syrup and whiskey because, you know, they're premature. And and five of them, they don't weigh much. Everybody, they look weird. Uh, the way she describes them, they sound very alien and stuff. So it's all just kind of, it's all just grotesque. Grotesque is the word for it. And then, you know, she has been ripped apart by this pregnancy quite literally. So here's what uh, Irving writes. The birth had nearly torn her in half, and she wore a folded towel between her body and her britches. The blood coming out of her had soaked the towel, and as one sister-in-law pulled off her clothes, the other picked up a corner of the hardened, blotted, clotted thing with the tips of her finger really gross and uh fantastic stuff so i love that aspect of it that kind of sets the tone for the novel then we get other grotesque things we get the perversions of uh, august feline which comes late but still he's gross he's just gross in general and so is anthony riz osborne he's also disgusting uh he gets more perverted as things happen as the novel progresses and then, but you know, it's not just that too. It's, we also get like mole licking and the constant descriptions of people and their actions and stuff. So it's filled with like the grotesque. And uh, I thought that was one of the best parts of the novel kind of made me think as I was reading it, I was thinking this feels familiar. Like I, I definitely know something what's what what is what's this from? and it wasn't the quintuplets so when i looked at the quintuplets i realized like oh you need i knew nothing about them Had never heard about this like frankly was kind of surprised it's also apparently mentioned in raymond chandler's books and i've i've read uh the big sleep like four times and i just i guess it just washed over me just didn't pay attention to it so the thing that i realized that it was reminding me of a little bit was the virgin suicides because the girls in this are just being exploited and obviously that's like the melancholic aspect of this novel but then it's like the virgin suicides and melancholy mixed with like Cronenbergian horror so that's what you're getting here and I don't always love when people say two things or one thing is two things mashed together but that's just the vibes I was getting as I was reading it the Cronenberg thing I might just be doing that because uh, the writer is Canadian so um, my apologies if uh, if that's what I'm doing and then, the other thing I liked—I guess it's just like my favorite character—is the mother. It is Catherine Feline because she's just so pitiable. Like she's had she to me, she has the worst go of it of everybody in the novel. So obviously, her daughters get taken away by the state, and they get brought to an amusement park, basically called Quintland, and people can come and gawk at them. And they're complete freaks and their childhood's ruined and they don't know their own parents and they don't have a normal relationship to parental figures whatsoever. And this guy, Anthony Riz Osborne, is like using them to make money. So all of that's awful, for sure. But eventually, they have some form of agency and are able to emancipate themselves and they get money from the government. I know money doesn't fix everything, but they get some money for their trouble. And they're able to leave some some semblance of a normal life. A bit. That never happens for Catherine Falene. She gets this... So, she, you know, she's married to this farmer. And she's lucky to be married to him, you know. And then she gets pregnant. And she's old when she's pregnant. And then she has this crazy pregnancy. And before she can recover, you know, her body's been torn apart. Her husband sucks. Before she can even recover, her kids are taken away. She feels guilty, she's bewildered, she doesn't know what. And Irving doesn't let her off the hook. She says she has no maternal instinct throughout the novel. Uh, The girls blame her, and, and, and rightfully so. But she's still pitiable because all of that happens to her. It's not like she profits off of the girls leaving, and when she finally does feel a twinge of maternal instinct, it's too late. It's too late. She has other kids, but she can never connect with the original five. And then on top of it all, you know, she never gets any agency. Like, she's never, never able to leave August. You know, she's never, uh, I guess she gets a house out of the deal, so I guess she's recompensated for that. But I just found her to be the saddest character in the entire novel. And yeah, just kind of tragic and a good... A good character that demonstrates, like, subjugation and exploitation and also demonstrates how, you know, characters are multifaceted. She's not perfect by any means, like she doesn't love her own children, so that's not great. But also, you know, she's had a very, very difficult life, but that doesn't excuse everything. So, there you go. And then what I didn't like, uh, I've already mentioned them, but Faleen and Riz Osborne are awful, awful human beings. Uh, Tough to decide which one is worse. Probably Faleen. I would say August Phelan has zero redeeming qualities whatsoever. Just a terrible human, and he sucks. And yeah, when I say I don't like them, I mean like I don't like them as people, as characters. They're really well drawn and, and serve the purpose of the novel, but they're just awful. And then Riz Osborne is um, a, a real piece of shit, and uh, <laughs> gets worse as the novel goes on. I guess when he starts out, he's not so bad. When he when he starts out, he almost seems like, you know, kind of likable. In fact, um, the reason he becomes the guardian is he's recommended by a person who's who knows him and knows the uh, knows the kids. I guess she doesn't recommend him to become the guardian, but she trusts him enough to contact him. So, so there's that. Uh, and then, uh, if there was anything I didn't like about the novel, like actually didn't like, not like just some characters I didn't like, I would say it lost a bit of momentum in the second half, but not really like just a bit, you know, there was a, there was a brief stretch where it was kind of, it, it felt a bit labored, but that, the ending was so great that, uh, I think it made up for it. So yeah, I really enjoyed this. I I really the fact that it was disgusting and that it was like a novel way for childbirth to be disgusting. I don't know why that stuck with me so much. I guess part of it is that I'm just relieved that I'll never have to go through that even like a mild one. Uh but yeah, like, you know, I was thinking of the movie Aliens or any other time where we've seen like a parasite growing inside of something and then that as that that is like a metaphor for for um for childbirth, well, that's pretty common, and then it's like the the thing that's growing inside withers away the host, and the host just, like, dies. You know, it's also in that, oh, some awful movie I watched not too long ago that was just Aliens Ripoff with Jake Gyllenhaal. You know the movie I'm talking about. It's really not good. It's just, like, Aliens Redux. But this was, like, the exact opposite. It wasn't like, oh, they're growing, and, like, with the host is withering away. It's like they're growing, and the host is just expanding like uh that monty python sketch where the guy eats and then he just explodes all over the room like that's what you really have in mind reading it i just thought that was like a novel approach most people don't if they do the pregnancy as like parasite thing you know this is like pregnancy is like you're gonna literally combust from the inside type thing so a different type of body horror thought that was cool and yeah then the just the mix of the grotesque and the melancholy really worked for me so, I said there would be some announcements then. Well, let's start with this one, and let's put a bow on this book. At the end of this book, Dion Irving says she's got a new book coming out in 2022 called Islands by Catapult. Er, called Islands by Catapult. going to be put out by Catapult. So, I'll be getting that, and uh, I hope to do that book on this podcast uh, this year. So, yeah, I'll be keeping an eye out for that. I did enjoy this book. I thought it was... Well-written, entertaining, grotesque, and, uh, you know, slightly melancholic. And, yeah, I thought it had a nice, innovative structure as well. So I'll be looking out for Islands by Dion Irving being put out by Catapult in 2022. Okay, so that's that announcement. All right. Then the next announcement is what we're doing on this here podcast. Uh, Moon Witch Spider King by Marlon James, the second in a trilogy First one was Black Leopard Red Wolf, I believe that's the name, um, which came out a couple years back. This one is Moon Spider King. It's out now. I've already started reading it. I'm going to do a podcast on it in one week. Uh, Very excited about that because I love that book, um, the first book, and I loved A Brief History of Seven Killings, and I just love Marlon James in general. So very excited that he has a new book out. Very excited to read it. Or to finish reading it or to continue reading it. So that'll be next week. And then the week after that, yeah, I don't think we're gonna take a week off. The week after that, I'm gonna do I wanna get the name right here. Is it Pussy Detective or the Pussy Detective? I think it's the Pussy Detective by Duvet Knox. Uh, and this was another indie press book that I found. So yeah, excited to do this. It looks like, uh, just from the cover, it looks like what I'm going to get is like a blaxploitation detective novel, which is basically right up my alley. So yes, that will be the schedule for the next two weeks. And then after that kind of up in the air, got to keep trawling the indie presses. If you know of a indie press that publishes black authors or a black book that's coming out, send it my way. Uh, I would love to read it and talk about it. And, um, yeah. All right. Then to wrap this thing up, a few shout outs really quick. First to myself, um, if you could subscribe to the show on iTunes, uh, what's the other one? Spotify. If you're still using that, Listen to it on SoundCloud, subscribe there. That'd be great. Rate it, review it. That'd be awesome. I'm also going to start writing up uh, book reviews for each one of these books. Did one for this one, Quint. So that's in the uh, show notes if you want to read a review of this after you've listened to a review of this. Or maybe you're coming to this from having read that review. That's also cool. Uh, Yeah, so please do those things. And then the last shout out is to the opening credit music, which is by my good friend, Grant Jordan aka The Keep Running and he also hooked me up with this outro music which is new and some would say improved but I would just say new because the old outro music was also good and that was also The Keep Running so yeah check him out too his info is in the uh, in the show notes as well so yeah just check out the show notes really all the stuff that you need is in there. All right. That's going to do it for this week. Until next time, stay black, stay safe, and keep reading. time now. There was was all the time I needed. That's not fair. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs>